right, let's go. Oh, oh, waiting on me. Got it. Yeah, like always. Always waiting on Rob. That's it. Yep. Shut up and sit down. And welcome to the Black Swarm Podcast. This is Hank Piper here with Rob Antonell, Andrew Heck. How are we doing tonight, boys? Pretty good. Pretty good. And, you know, getting into a little uncharted territory here just because you brought it up the other day. Mm-hmm. This is our first podcast immediately following the loss by Madison Football. I mean, good game overall. I thought we were the better team, but most of you saw it. Stuff happens. What are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it was a really close game, real good, uh, you know, fun game to watch. Ultimately, it wasn't the result that we wanted, but, um, you know, I think it, it was the first time that we really got to play somebody live, you know, this year. He didn't have any scrimmages, didn't have any seven-on-sevens, and I think that showed a little bit, um, you know, and I think where the team goes from week one to week six to week 13 is, you know, they're, they're going to grow a lot just because they miss so much in the off season. And, uh, you know, I think there's a, you know, a few things that they'd like to get back, a few things they'd like to do over. And, um, you know, I think it's a nice little, you know, learning, learning point for them. And, uh, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. I think that the last two losses, that we've experienced prior to St. Ed's have been games where you it would it was hard to say that oh we should have won that game because we played better kind of just got outplayed in those two games but then this one was different in the sense that it's like even sitting here right now it's like how did we lose that game because like it seemed like we thoroughly outplayed them in almost every facet of the game it's just things were just an odd game the way things went down like you know just didn't just didn't happen so it's like got to regroup get back at it get better and uh, move on from there yeah I mean it was definitely like you guys said it was a weird one one that showed boy our scrimmage is important especially yeah. when you know we talked about and you guys saw like we have some new guys coming in a new quarterback starting that these guys need time to play together in live fire against somebody that's not your teammate who you've been playing against for the last, you know, three, four months. And we really did just dominate them on the field. You know, they went, what, one for ten on third down, one for two on fourth. I mean, the one third down they got was like they had three shots from the four-yard line in the, in the red zone. And we just, I feel like we took them out back behind the woodshed and it just didn't end up that way on the scoreboard yeah and i mean i think watching the game everybody could kind of tell that you know we were we were imposing and uh you know just looking at the statistics you know we definitely outplayed them but you know ultimately that's that's not what matters and uh you know i'm i'm not gonna lie and say if we did win i wouldn't be sitting here telling you about how it was a great win and i'm glad that we beat saint ed's and you know how awesome it is um but since we didn't, I, I really just don't think it's the end of the world. It, it's not that big of a deal. And you know, I don't think anybody's making it out to be. Um, the people that are don't know what they're talking about, so you don't need to listen to them anyway. Yeah, but, you know, we, di- we just didn't have any scrimmages, didn't have any 7-on-7s. It's a different year. Um, you know, everybody makes the playoffs. 
and you know it, you're going to be voted on for seating but you know in reality you know I, I don't think that really makes much of a difference either you know i think we're going to be a pretty high seed and if we're not so what you know it just changes what uniform you wear that week in the playoffs um i think it's just you know the learning curve it, it's an experience and i think it's something that you know, we we really needed because um, we didn't have the scrimmages you know that's just something that we can't say enough. We didn't have the scrimmages, no seven on sevens, nothing going against other teams. So, you know, we needed this to look at the film. Um, here's a team doing something we're not used to. Um, these are other players. It's a different scheme, you know. So I think they just needed that. And going forward, we're going to learn from all of it. Yeah, and this, is, this isn't to take away from what, you know, St. Ed's was doing either. I mean... They're an extremely well-coached team. Um, you know, they might not have done that well. I don't know if they just didn't do that well offensively or our defense is just really that damn good. But I think their defense really did a lot. You know, they um, we were expecting a lot of cover four. That's what they based out of. Uh, they played the entire game single high, coming out and, you know, playing cover one, man coverage against our heavier sets, and then going just cover three, Against our wide or against our uh, you know four wide, when they weren't just running some crazy ass blitzes against us, I mean they were bringing some wild shit. Like I told you guys about the one play on like it was like third and ten. They have seven guys up on the line, drop a safety back to the middle of the field, bring the field safety down late, brings still bring six guys, drop a lineman. Like that stuff is wild for a high school team to do, just because, like. To fit a blitz correctly and to still have the coverage on the back end sound is hard to do. And to bring so many different looks is a lot harder because you're carrying that. They all have different verbiage, and it all depends on how the offense aligns as well. You know, so it's just tip of the cap to St. Ed's and their coaching staff. Yeah, they uh, they definitely did some things on defense um, that made it a little bit tougher on us. Like you said, they have some different exotic looks, some different pressures that they brought. They dropped different people into coverage. And, you know, that's all things that, you know, the quarterback has to be able to pick up in live time. Our offensive line has to be able to communicate that in, in live time. You know, when, when you're showing double A-gap blitz and then different people drop, you know, the line has to be able to communicate. They have to be able to pick up all these different stunts. Um, and that's just something they haven't they haven't done. And you know, it, it takes um, you know a cohesive effort between the line, you know, to, to be able to pick up blitzes, to be able to block in general. Um, so, I mean, as many times as it's going to take me to say it, I, I just think this is something they needed. They needed some live reps against different teams. And you know, Eds is a really well coached team. They're a really good team. And the fact that they are able to mix things up so much, I think that also you know played into you know any troubles that our offense might have had i think the bottom line with this past week and just the loss is that i especially the last couple of years it's like we're not used to losing the team's not used to losing the coaching staff's not used to losing the fans aren't used to it like so it's kind of like a shock for like what just happened we just lost so you, you immediately are looking at everything that went wrong pointing the fingers like oh well, we should have done this should have done that should have called this and then after a couple of days go by, you you know think more about it and get more logical and less emotional about taking the loss. And it's like okay, it's week one. It's St. Ed's, great program, great athletes, great coaching. Probably, probably, arguably one of the best coaching staffs in the state. And 
you know, we play, I mean, we outplayed them really, but it just happened that we were one point away on the scoreboard. So it kind of just everybody needs to just like, all right, let's move on. Doesn't really, it doesn't really matter when it comes to the season. All the goals are still out there ahead of us. It doesn't matter with the playoff seating because there's no points, you know, with Harbins. So it's kind of like, okay, got that out of our system. Good humbling experience for the team and everybody, you know, top to bottom. It, it showed them that they need to be disciplined. They can't have 100 yards and penalties in a game and expect to win against a quality opponent. So, you know, good wake-up call. Time to buckle up and get going from here because can't really, you know, can't be continuing to do that sort of stuff and expect to have the season go the way you want it to. Yeah, I think that's one thing that the last couple of years going 10-0 and 0 in the regular season, it's like, Sometimes you need a good punch in the mouth to really wake up, get it together, and get going. And I think that's what, you know, maybe not necessarily a punch in the mouth by Ed's, but just like by ourselves, you know, just trip and fall on our face like we did. Um, I know there's probably something that everybody in that game can look at. You know, every player, every coach can look at something and be like, oh, I could have did this better. I could have did that better. And... I'm sure there's been like, you know, the last couple of years when we've won so much that everybody's had the same attitude, but when you come in on the other side with a W, you might not take that as seriously. I think when you actually lose the game, you kind of take those little things, you know, a little bit harder. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and nitpick, you know, the guys know what they did wrong. I've never been a guy that like, unless a call is just egregious, I'm never going to sit back and Monday morning quarterback like, oh, this guy should have this. this. They should have called this play on this down. Like, it's easy to do days after the fact when you've got the chance to sit back and, you know, really comprehend everything that happened. I don't, and it's a lot different in the heat of the moment. I'm not going to – I'm just not going to sit here and chew on the guys. They Everybody knows what they could do better, and we just – you got to accept it and move on. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I don't like using this term because it was a really big uh, Jason Hall term. Oh, God. But, you know, adversity adversity is something that every team has to go through, and you learn from it. Um, and, you know, I, a really big aspect that I think from our coaching staff and how they, you know, they treat football in general is that they want to make everything as tough as possible during the week so that it's easy on Friday. And I'm going to translate that into our first game was tough. And hopefully every game from here on out gets easier. You know, we had a lot of adversity, a lot of things that made things tough on Friday. You know, we didn't have any scrimmages. We didn't have any 707s. We're facing a team live for the first time. There is a monsoon on and off before the game, halftime. There's a delay. Um, you got all this stuff going on. Ed's is a really well-coached team. They're throwing different looks at you, different blitzes, different coverages, um, making it tough on you. Um, and then just different situations throughout the game. You know, you're, you're playing with a lead. You're playing from behind. Um, you have a two-minute drill that you have to do. Um, you know, special teams make a really big difference, and we got to play field position. Um, it's, it's a bunch of little things that I think the coaches can go back and look at and say, hey, you know, this is how we did it this game. These are the things we did good. These are the things we need to do better. But for the future, here, here's a reference point. You know, we need to go down and score at the end of the game. We don't have any timeouts. That's going to happen. It did happen. When you catch the ball, try to get out of bounds. 
always love a kid trying to make a play and I don't I don't even remember who this was but it just happened to happen it's a great learning point I remember coach McDaniels always told us um and it makes so much sense but for whatever reason he was the first person that actually said it to us and like ingrained it into our minds you can always get more yards you can never get more time never you can always get more yards you can never get more time um so maybe you sacrifice five yards ten yards to go out of bounds. Now your team gets to huddle up. You can get a play call in. There's there's less stress on you. Um, you know, simple things. Not taking a sack on I don't know what down it was third down, second down, but it ends up putting you behind the chains, trying to stay be, trying to stay ahead of the chains. You know, sometimes kids try to do too much, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes you got to take what the defense gives you and move on. And uh, I think there's just a lot of different points in this game and every game. But uh, I think it's great that we got some of these things out, some of these experiences out. I don't know the last time Maslin ran a two-minute drill that actually mattered. Uh, I think the last time we tried to do something was against St. Vincent St. Mary week one last year when we were just trying to get a score in before, before halftime. Mm-hmm. Not that we needed it. It was just yeah. more of a, oh, here's a game situation that we can actually run this in. And, you know, I mean, we threw a pick, but... It's just, like, that's one of those things. We haven't needed a two-minute drill since week one last year. Yeah, so, the, I mean, these are situations that it, you practice them, you know. Yeah. Every team practices a two-minute drill. Every team practices running a field goal unit out onto the field with no timeouts. Um, but it's just a little bit different when when it's a real game situation. You know, when teams are actually rushing, rushing you, when things are serious, when there's no coach to blow the whistle if you're about to get sacked. Um, you know, it's just every little thing matters in a big game. And, uh, you know, that's why in the regular season, some of these time, some of these things are just learning moments and we're going to take all these and move forward. Yeah. Another thing too, is like with our, you know, that whole two minute drill, um, conversations, like the, for the whole game, aside from the early first quarter, when they returned that kickoff, it's like, we were in the lead. Like we were playing well, we it's like not cruise control, but. It's like, okay, we're not playing great necessarily. We're not necessarily capitalizing on every, you know, opportunity in the red zone. But we're still winning. It's like, yeah, they're not necessarily, like, we're shutting them down enough on defense. It's like, feel comfortable, but not, you know, it's like, well, you know. And then they've got that one touchdown. It's like, oh, now we're one, we're one play away from losing this game. And then that happened. And then it's all of a sudden, it's like, oh. It's like if we're, it's like as a fan watching it, you're kind of shell shocked in that moment. So you can't imagine what the team is like when you're kind of getting by in this game, not playing great, but still winning. And then all of a sudden, you're losing. And then you got to go out there. The weather's not great. I think we're against the wind, and you got to go the entire length of the field and score a touchdown or you know get some points on the board. So it's yeah, it's not something you can simulate in practice ever. No, and like we said, it's. It's a learning experience, really, for them to experience that, know what it's like, know what that feeling, knowing how you're going to react to a situation is so big. You know, you can talk about being in a stressful situation all you want. You don't know how you're really going to react until you're in that. You know, you go back, like, just a basic fight or flight human instinct. It's, oh, everybody wants to say, like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm a fight. If I'm ever in the situation, I know how I'm going to react. No, you absolutely do not. Unless you've been in that situation before, you do not know what it's going to feel like. You don't know how you're going to react. You don't know, you, you just don't know what you don't know. 
And I think now these guys being in this situation, being on the wrong end of it, giving them that experience and that motivation is going to be a very big help moving forward. It's moving on towards this week. It's kind of an opponent that we don't really know anything about. Um, I guess you two went to the booster club meeting, so you probably know more than I do about it. Um, so Hank, Hank was there for the public meeting. So he actually will know a lot more about the team in general than I did. I, I was there for the, the actual booster club meeting, but not the public one. Um, so I missed out on uh, coach Moore talking about the team and, everything that was discussed about them but uh I've, I've heard some things and you know we've been reading up a little bit online so we we've heard some rumors but uh hank what can what can you tell us about the actual roster and you know what was discussed <laughs> well i mean i think a big thing a lot of people kept bringing up is like who the hell are these guys mm-hmm. you know we plan on having a segment this opponent in history and these guys don't even have a history they just became a charter school three years ago it, and there was there was something before that as well. But it it that, was like a some... different charter school that got dissolved, yeah. and then this it came back. Is it is it three years though? It's, this is their third year. Okay, I, I thought believe. last year was their first year. So okay, yeah, go ahead. I I, I think no, I, I I believe you. I just you you, you hear so many things yeah. and you read so many rumors that it's 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 kind of hard to get the facts, straight, especially with a team where it's hard to find information. So. Right. I mean, they were, Coach Moore even said during the Booster Club meeting that they have one scrimmage of film against Lima Senior and then just the highlight tapes of the kids that um, graduated last year from different schools. And it's a weird thing. It's like, you you know, you look at the entire offensive line, you got a redshirt senior, a junior, redshirt senior, senior, redshirt senior. Like, these are kids that like this is their fifth year of high school but they're not part of osha so they get to play you know football in the state of ohio at this level until i think their 20th birthday is like the ceiling so the 20th birthday is ohsa rule yeah it's he said that's an ohsa rule i think 19 no it's it's 20 no it's 20 there's like 20 so there's like two different rules of like you're talking about the old rule which is not the rule anymore. Are you going to say the 19 before August 1st? No. Okay. No, no, no. There's like two different rules. I think it's like, I forget how Coach Moore explained it, but there's like two different sets of rules. One of which, like, if you want to be an OSHA member, you have to abide by this. Mm-hmm. If you want to like play OSHA schools, you have to abide by this. Okay. That kind of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. As in Maslin is not allowed to play you. Correct. If you break this certain rule. Yes. Okay. And, um, but they follow those rules, so they can play teams. They in, can play actual yes, high schools. They can play high school teams in Ohio. Okay. Um. So you guys, you have guys like you know, nineteen years old on this that have this is their quote unquote fifth year of playing ball at the high school level, and that's not necessarily unheard of for us. You know, we watched Go Tigers. That was a big thing. They tried to stir the pot on a little bit, like way in the beginning of the film. It, it's not the age that I think people really have an issue with, it's the fact that they already graduated. I think... (laughs) They are no longer high schoolers. (laughs) I mean, what's the difference between technically graduating high school and being the age that you should have graduated high school? On the field, nothing. Exactly. So people want to make a stink about it, but it ends up being the exact same 
So player you're saying on the none field. of their players are over the age of twenty? Correct. We Technically, be- we, sure. We believe, Just, right? I. But they could be twenty. I'm not saying you're not going to see one legally at the alibi after the game, but we believe that they're not twenty. Yes. Um. It's an online charter school, like we said. They can legally recruit. They're not part of OSHA, so like they got kids in from all over. I think they got one of the receivers is played at uh, LaSalle last year. So, you know, we got some history with these dudes. Offensive line, I, I guess I can just start rolling through the roster right now. Offensive line is uh, pretty big. You got uh, left tackle 6'5", 275, left guard 6'2", 295. Centers 6'1", 265. Right guard is 6'1", 265. Right tackle that Coach Moore was real high on. He actually thinks, I, I believe, no, he is this is the best player on their offense, is um, 6'5", 270. You know, good player, but offensive line, it's an entire unit. It's hard to get these kids to play. Like, it's a it's a position that it's like weird. It's like if you have one good guy, one really good guy, and four kind of eh guys, then your whole unit's not great. And it seemed like a unit that wasn't really coached that well, much less filled with kids that couldn't get into a JUCO school. So I mean, average at best, I'd say. Quarter or running back. Is uh, 5'11", 215. Coach Moore is high on him. He's got uh, good speed, good hands, real hard downhill runner. Uh, receivers, got some good speed, track the ball well, you know, good speed. And then no highlight film whatsoever on the other guys. So you don't really, you don't know what you don't know. But if there's no highlight film on them on, for seniors at a school that recruits kids, I don't know. Like, it's probably not that great. They're just trying to fill the roster, my opinion. Quarterback, good athlete, good arm. Uh, he's only a sophomore, six foot two, two ten. You know, on paper that's pretty decent. But you know, we'll see what happens. I'll let somebody else roll through the defense, so you don't just keep hearing my voice. All right, I'll look at the defense here. This is my first time looking at this piece of paper, so if I don't know their names. Uh, let's see, defensive end, 6'5", 270. Um, redshirt senior, so he's older. Uh, <laughs> another guy is another redshirt senior, 6'2", 240. Um, another one is 6'2", 295, so that's kind of a large person. Um, the other one would be 6'2", 280. Linebackers, uh, let's see, got two redshirt seniors, 6'2", 230, and 6 foot 210. So, Which one's their Mike linebacker? That would be Miles Carter, the 6 foot 230. Gotcha. Uh, Coach Moore was really high on him. He said he saw his highlight film from whatever school he was at before this. He said he's their far and away best player on the team. He, I guess next to it, it says extremely physical. So, yeah. he's what you want? Probably. You know, 20 years old and 6'2", 230. So <laughs> <laughs> I hope you are pretty good from high school. Uh, let's see, safeties. Uh, they got uh, 6'2", 215. So that's a pretty big safety. Then the other one listed here. Well, that, ca- that guy's actually listed as a Sam. So 
um, but it's he's listed with the safeties. And so then, yeah, they run kind of like what I mean. I guess what we do is there. It's more of a four-two-five rather than a true four-three. Uh, where the Sam linebacker is more like a nickel safety. He's going to travel with the passing strength. He's going to he's going to be more like a safety in out in the pattern covering the pass than he is in the box trying to fit up the run. And the safeties that we have listed here are both redshirt seniors. First one is 5'7", 160. So I can't imagine he's going to be very good. <laughs> the other one is a 5'10", 165, so another... Not necessarily a big kid. Um, cornerbacks, redshirt senior, 6'2", 175, and uh, 5'10", 160. And that's their defense. And don't really know much about them. <laughs> uh, so I think the one thing that you might take away from when you run through the list is you know, they got some they got some pretty big kids. Um, men. Men. They have some pretty big <laughs> men. I, th- I think... You know what's what's going to be an issue for them is that they don't have a lot of men. Um, so if you're talking about the offensive line, defensive line, you know a lot of those guys go both ways. So yeah, they're really big, but they they you know they go both ways. They're going to get tired. You can't run them both ways the whole game, most likely. Um, East St. Louis tried it, and I think that's a big reason why we won that game. And there are like 85 penalties. <laughs> um. A so, big reason, not the big reason. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they definitely have they have some kids. You know, they have experience. You know, obviously, you know, a lot of them just got done doing four years of high school football. Um, but you know, how are they going to be as a group? They they did not have a game last week. Um, they were supposed to. They ended up not having it. Um, these kids don't all come from the same area. They haven't been playing together their whole lives. You know, some of that chemistry might not be there. Coach Moore said they pulled them from. There's guys from Michigan, yeah. Texas, Illinois. It's like it's a wild. Just it's an With, array of yeah. So like kids. that was you know, we're talking about a lot of these rumors and everything we're hearing. You know, one of the big rumors that I heard when they formed their last team um, was that they they kept recruiting a bunch of kids. Which I guess their whole mindset is that they're trying to take um, underprivileged kids and you know help them out, but their recruiting tactics don't match their philosophy, which is why they are under fire for a while. Like you said, they're trying to grab random kids from Michigan. I saw tweets from like their one coach or president or CEO, who you know whatever person runs this team. I think that all of those, all of those are on his resume. Yes. Uh, so their CEO <laughs> was um, <laughs> um, was just tweeting at these kids in Michigan, saying, "Hey, come play for us. We have other kids from Michigan. Like it's a great time. Like, um, you know, it it seems like what they want to do is be like IMG down south. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to be like what Red Lion was." Back when we played, um, what a team! Redline was amazingly talented. <laughs> yeah, they, they just they didn't beat us. Couldn't couldn't put it together. They couldn't put it together. But I mean, man, on paper, on paper wow. they were incredible. Wow, on the field, I got to play them. Which yeah, they got tells a, you a lot. I mean, they got a couple kids in the NFL right now, but like, yeah, like I think 
more of them than not went to at least a Division One college. Yeah, I, I have the list on my phone somewhere. Maybe I'll pull it out by the time the episode's over. I wanted to do that as the this team in history. Yeah. Since we couldn't do this one, I was going to do Red Lion like as a, I think as a I, quick example. I saved you, it. You have so. a screenshot of it somewhere. Yeah. Um, I'll find it. Yeah, just, you'll find it real quick. But it's like insane that we were able to beat that team and beat them handedly. Um but I mean, yeah, like I was I wasn't there for the meeting, so I don't I don't know about a lot of these kids. The thing that's really nice is that they put really good descriptions next to all the players on here. So you know, not only do we have their height sizes, um, but I know what they're good at with the offense alignment. I know exactly what they're bad at as well. <laughs> Every single offense alignment has a notation next to them about how you can beat them. So I mean, that that's some pretty good scouting right there, yeah. especially for a team that we don't have film on very much. So like that, that's pretty impressive. I, I've never seen that on the on the scouting report before. Um, so I mean, it's just gonna be interesting. We, we we don't know a whole lot about this team. Um, but they have good size. They have experience. Um, it's just gonna come down to you know, do they have the chemistry? Do they have the stamina? And uh, do they have the coaching? Because I know absolutely nothing about who coaches this team. Isn't it like a former Ohio State? player type of oh, I had heard that. It, it I have no idea. That never really came up. I mean, kind of touching on what Rob said earlier about like these him wanting to help out these underprivileged kids. You know, if that's like what he's really trying to do, then like, hey, by all means, go for this thing, man. Like, you try and do this. Get it to where you can bring in some I guess like some high caliber athletes that would otherwise not have the opportunity to go to college and just bring them on, let them show out and, you know, get that opportunity elsewhere. But if you're just trying to be another IMG and, you know, just put together a squad, I don't think you're doing that great at it right now. Yeah. I mean, there's a, I don't know, a niche for, I guess the idea of what we think they're trying to do. And then you could get some, you know, quality athletes, that for one reason or another aren't going to college right now. But, yeah, if you're just trying to just throw together some players and field a team for a year or two, I don't really think this is going to be sustainable. So we'll see. I mean, hey, IMG does it, but, you know. IMG's getting high school kids. These are technically high school kids working towards a high school diploma. They also get, like, five-star high school kids. Well, that's a whole other story. You know, you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, can't can't just start off with a Madden All-Star team. I think, well, IMG, like, their second year ever, they were, like, top 10 in the country. Because they've only been around for, like, 10 years. Really? Yeah. Well, most people can't start off with an All-Star team, all right? Well, they, the, well, the IMG had been around, but their football program has only been around for about 10 years. Okay. They have one of the, probably the best program around the country for, like, every sport, so. Huh. So they got some, uh, they got some foundation there to really help with the yes, football team. Yes. All right. Yeah, IMG is just crazy. It is not a high school. <laughs> um, it, it is, you know, it also costs a lot of money to That's, go there. But uh, some of the things they do, you know, the kids, a lot of the kids that go there, um, they might only go there for a year or two, and it's like almost like college prep. It's like, unfortunately, I'm too good for my high school. I'm going to go to a big-time school, and I might not be getting the training that I need where I am. I'm going to go to IMG, and they're going to prepare me for college. And it's almost like just having an extra year of college. Yeah, it's, it's college, except you're not in college yet. It's, it's insane. Um, college light. 
College white. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, you still have to go to school, though. Um, <laughs> They're not there to play school. <laughs> uh, so Hank, Hank ended up finding this picture. I should have looked it up on my phone so I didn't need reading glasses. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought you had perfect eyesight. I better than perfect eyesight. Um, but so the, the red lion, because um, I, I happened to find my scattering report from my senior year of high school when I was going through papers one day, and it happened to have the red lion. This is the 2011 season. So 2011, we played Red Line from Delaware. New Delaware. 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 Delaware, Red Line, um, which is a football academy. They weren't allowed to play in their own state, so they had to travel all over the country playing different teams, and they, they played us. Um, I went through and I looked up all of the players from that from that team, and uh, we're looking at their offense right now, and uh, just scrolling through. All right, this is their defense. <laughs> Great segment, Rob. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not. I don't. I wish. I should have looked it up on my phone instead of your phone. This is weird. Um, all right. So looking at their offense, um, their offensive line, that a guy to go to Massachusetts, a guy go to Lehigh, their left guard went to USC, Ooh. their left tackle went to Youngstown State. Um, all right. So one receiver played for the Tennessee Volunteers. One receiver played for West Virginia. And then end up going to the Buffalo Bills. They had a receiver go to Mississippi State. They had a receiver go to Michigan. Uh, their quarterback went to West Virginia and ended up on the Buffalo Bills um, as a receiver. Uh, their running back went to West Virginia and played for the Washington Redskins. I don't think he's still there. Um, Wendell Smallwood. That's a name you like. You might actually know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you might actually know that name, Wendell Smallwood. Um, I don't know who he plays for right now. He was on the Redskins at the time I, I wrote all this. Real quick, can you go back over the right guard, right tackle? Right tackle, Massachusetts. Okay, they well either way they both suck because I was responsible for a sack. I was the slant guy on a stunt. Yeah, where I was lined up a three tech, I slanted into the tackle's hip. <sighs> Defensive end looped around inside, right up the a gap. Guard chased me, left it wide open for the end. Sack for loss. Right tackle went to Massachusetts. Right guard went to Lehigh. Well, you, you probably ran underneath their legs, right? No, six foot. They weren't that big. Six foot two forty, six three two six. I'm not. So I mean, like not not huge, not yeah. maybe smaller than the kids we have now, but uh, <laughs> you know. So out of the eleven people, oh, other noticeables, they had a tailback that ended up going to Buffalo, but he was only a junior. He didn't start that year. Um, so out of uh, 11, 12 guys, eleven of them went D one, and three of them played in the NFL. Um, on defense, Massachusetts, Pitt, West Virginia, New Orleans Saints, UCLA, Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, they had a corner that played for West Virginia, Jacksonville Jaguars, a Sam that played for West Virginia, went to the Bills, middle linebacker went to the Tennessee Vols, Will linebacker went to Morgan State, um, what would this be, like a free safety, played for Massachusetts, um, I already said that corner who played for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they had a defensive end that ended up going to the Lehigh. But, um, you know, just, just an absolute insane, you know, step down from IMG, where mm-hmm. everybody goes to Alabama and LSU. But, um, you know, still insane that you could put that much talent on the field together, and when they walk into Paul Brown Tiger Stadium, they get their teeth kicked in. So, <laughs> um, you know, the one thing that we're not naming off right now is a bunch of college offers for this Bishop Sycamore team. Yeah. Um, you know, from what we know, they, they don't really have any yet. And for some of them, that might be why they're doing this. But, uh, 
You know, it's not like we're rolling out a bunch of three-star, four-star athletes. Yeah, I mean, we can sit here and kind of poke fun at them, trash them all night. But I'd much rather poke fun and trash all the local teams that didn't play us week two and forced us to schedule a team like this. I can do that. Glen Glen Oak? I'll do it. I think Rob wants to do it. I'll do it. I think we should. I'll do it. Um, uh, So normally we play the same team. Week two every year. Um, yeah, that would be uh, um, uh, Glen Oak. Glen Oak, yeah. one of the biggest schools is in. Uh, is that it? Yeah, Glen Oak? Yeah. Ohio. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Glen yeah. Oak. Um, a lot of Maslin people over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Glen Oak, we usually play them every every year. Week two, as you can tell, the season changed this year. Everything got cut down to a six week schedule, and a lot of uh, scheduled games got canceled or moved around. So Glen Oak dropped us week two. And you know, no, no, no surprise. They're in the federal league. They got to get their federal league games in. The federal league did a really nice job of making sure Maslin McKinley still happened. Um, but you know, you can't get all your games in. Yeah. Um, so what uh, federal league school did they end up scheduling yeah, week two? So you know, like we said, Glen Oak was probably going to be really busy week two with a federal league game. Except for they're not. They ended up scheduling a game against Louisville week two, which is not a part of the federal league schedule. They're not. No, so they just replaced us with Louisville, which forced us to uh, have to go out and find a team. Which is weird, because I thought they explicitly told us that they couldn't play us because they had a fed opponent on week two. Well, that part I don't know about, but either way, they uh, they decided they did not want to play us. They could have. What a shame. They could have played us, and they chose not to. I mean, there's I think there's a lot of schools in the local area when this whole scramble to rearrange and figure out a six-week schedule happen that they had the opportunity they were looking at a week two open slot and they're like oh no thanks yeah masson came a calling guess i didn't get that voicemail sorry coach well uh we got we got the playing sister marys of the poor over here you know they sort of like two weeks ago when we were asking for a scrimmage Yep, can't find a team to they, scrimmage us. They won't scrimmage us. They're definitely going to play us for a real game. Yeah, can't find a team to play us. It's a, it's a shame. Um, you know, it kind of stinks because, you know, as the corona thing keeps getting pushed around, there's some teams that are forced to cancel games. And, uh, you know, I remember like a week ago, there was a, a surplus of teams looking for week two games. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, God, I wish, you know. Wish we would have known this way ahead of time, but obviously you can't predict that, and we're not ones to back out of a contract. So um, this is this is what we have, and uh, yeah. you know we got to go out there, we got to play them, and treat them just like anybody else, um, just with a little bit less scouting than you might normally have. Um, and you know that's what it is. If you if you want to be a, a good team, you got to go out there and beat anybody. And uh, just kind of put a bow on it, you know, touch on a couple of things you brought up earlier about, you know, coaches getting on Twitter, getting all yappy and stuff. Um, I didn't mean to use yappy like the, <laughs> like the website. Just yeah. Well, they're on there you know. too. Yeah, I mean, yes, they're also on there. But, you know, you got just not even fans, just like other coaches in the area coming at us for playing a team like this. And all you got to do is sign the contract, man. You know, we'll take on all comers, especially the local teams. But if all you're going to do is sit on Twitter and use those thumbs to talk shit, I mean... Where was that guy from? North Northmont? Northmont or North, North, Mont, North something? Northmont, Northland. I, I, when I saw it, I was like, I have no idea where that's at. Nope. I don't know. Um, I, I, I'll admit, you know, I was, you know I, was, I was one of the first people to not like this, um, which was nothing against 
you know, us for scheduling them. I know we had a really hard time finding people to play us. I was more upset at them for existing. <laughs> um, based off of everything that I was reading, there's there was so many negative things about them, and I and I really hope that they are, you know, who they claim to be, and they're, they're you know they're giving people a second chance. They're helping kids get to college. They're giving them a second look. Um, it just it's hard to tell if that's actually true or not. Um, so I, I guess we'll see, you know, hopefully, you know, everything's on the up and up with them and they're not actually under investigation from the, you know, secret service. Um, <laughs> yeah, they that, didn't, they yeah. didn't get disbanded three years ago for lying about stuff. And, um, I, I hope they are what, what they intend to be and, you know, everything's clean with them because you know, what, what they want to do or what they say they want to do is awesome. It's just, are, is that what they're actually doing? I, I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, they, they're on the schedule, and, you know, let's just go out there and beat them. Yep, just hope they show up on Friday night, and let's have a game and be done with it. Yeah, and just put a bow on the conversation. Talk shit on Twitter. If you're going to be about that life, send the contract, man. Um, Scared dogs bark the loudest. That's true. So just kind of real quick, we'll get a word from our sponsor in, and then wrap up the podcast. Hey, Tiger fans, I bet if you're anything like my partner, Hank, you probably need to go see an eye doctor. Yes, sir. And if you do, we have the place for you. The Doring Vision Center is a primary care optometry clinic located in downtown Maslin. They have a wide variety of eyeglass frames, everything from budget packages to designer brands. And if you're like me and prefer contacts over glasses because glasses are a hassle, they have uh, the technology to fit all types of lenses. They treat most conditions, and they also take emergency visits as well. At the Doring Vision Center, most insurances are accepted, and you even have a good chance of getting a same-day appointment. So come on down to see former Maslin Tiger, Dr. Ben Doring, at 35 Erie Street North, Suite 110, Maslin 44646. And that's right next to the Alibi Bar, for those of you who know the local watering holes. Or you can check them out on Facebook at the Doring Vision Center. That's D-O-E-R-I-N-G Vision Center. Or give them a call at 330-880-0035. Doring Vision Center, proud supporter of all things Maslin. And now for our FW Renner and Sons question of the week. Anytime we have a guest on the show and, uh, you know, Andrew, we're going to treat you like a guest. I know you don't deserve it, but we're going to treat you like a guest today. And uh, our FW Runner and Sons question that we're going to ask all the guests is, uh, what's your favorite local place to eat? Well, that's an easy answer. Smiley's. Smiley's Restaurante downtown, huh? Yep. Do you have, like, any go-to order there? You try something I mean, a little different every time or what? Pizza's always great. When I go in, I usually try to get something different. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I've had the pizza many times. It's always great. The pasta's great. The gyro's great. I'm gonna have it's, a, it's pronounced gyro. Well, I'm gonna call it a gyro. Oh, yeah. Um, I I like the stromboli. It's hard for me to go away from uh, it. Yeah, it's great. I mean, every, I've never had anything remotely not satisfactory. Like it's all everything I've had there's great. So. Nice little friendly and place. It's not, you it's walk not in. Not expensive and, uh, either. Yeah. You know, you walk in. The boss says hi to you when you walk in. You know, I call him the boss because. Like not because he is the boss, but because he likes to call people the. Bo- All right, listen, I, I've been going there for a very long time, and when he walk in, he calls you the boss, and then he call. All right, yeah, you get the right. point. Great guy, 
Great good guy. Po- good place. Full disclosure, I've only ever had the pizza there. I, My grandma, full Italian, makes just tremendous homemade Italian dishes, so I can't really go anywhere else and get Italian, but the pizza is just incredible. Also, in the interest of full disclosure, I also caught a gyro. I was just being an asshole. Um, try the stromboli. Yeah. Try anything on the menu. It's all great. Oh, it's all incredible. Yes. You guys should sponsor us. Please. It's nice. With free food. It's a nice place. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. So that's the um, FW Renner and Sons question of the week. That's it. Um, moving on from there, we're going to try and start doing like a ranking thing, you know, just because it's always fun to rank stuff and really it's just fun to argue about it afterwards. This week we're doing the uh, uniforms that the team wears. And we're only talking current uniforms right now. Uh, heck, you and I, I mean, we've actually had this conversation in the group text before, but figure bring it here and, you know, just get in a shouting match. <laughs> this is um, going to be a shouting match between you and Andrew because I, I have no dog in the fight. Um, I I don't care. Um, it's not because I'm some old school guy that says, hey, it doesn't matter what you wear, you know. On home games, we wear all black. On away games, we wear all white. I, it, that's not it. It's just the fact that we have great uniforms, and I love the fact that we have multiple uniforms, but just every combination seems equally great to me. So I guess I've just never had the conversation with myself about which ones look better. You know, I think, you know, white on orange on white looks great. You know, it's very quick. It's very speedy. It's very 2012 college football-ish. Um, then black on black on black is awesome. You know, it's like an all-black game. But... um. I, I just think they're all equally the same. You guys are going to be able to explain why you think one's better than the others, and I, I just can't do it. That's fine. I mean, you're a man of strong opinions, and I will pull a strong opinion out out of you about this stuff one way or another. However, I'll start off with the top with my top five, the correct top five, and then you can explain why you're wrong there, Andrew. So my top five here, number one is White Helmet's the black Paul Brown jersey, white pants. It's just something about that look. It's like it's classic. It's it's got a it's got a good mix of classic and modern. It looks really good. Plus, I know I said that I didn't have a, an opinion, uh-huh. but that's your number one. That's white not, on that's black not on a white. One. With the so this is it just current looks like uniforms. Yes, it just it all meshes well together. With the with the stripe on the helmet, the stripe on the pants, it just it like it complements the jersey well with the white numbers and the white lettering with the orange outlines. Yes, I think it, that looks. There's just something about it that it just pops. I mean that combo is in my top five, but that's that definitely not my number one or two. Okay, fair enough. Moving on, number two, white helmets, white uniform, orange pants. I mean I. What? Don't give me that head shake, Ant. This is an audio medium. If you have a problem with, I it, mean, say it's something. not bad. Like we don't have a, we don't have a bad look, mm-hmm. like Robbie said. But I mean, we that's yeah. mm. go on. The all white, all white helmet, white jersey, white pants. That's my number two. Okay. Like that's just if you're gonna wear a white jersey and a white helmet, just go all out. Just wear all white. I mean, so here's my thing. The icy white is a good look in general, but. It seems like almost everybody has one. Anybody that's got two helmets... Yeah, like, but they don't look like ours. No, nobody looks like ours. I, I agree with both of you. I, I think wearing all white does look look nice. 
Um, but at the same time, it's like when you mix it up, it kind of shows that you have yeah other other um, combinations. And I've I've always been big on you know what it looks like to the other teams, what it looks like to the other fans. They only get to see you once, and they you know they probably see five other teams that wear all white. Mm-hmm. You know everybody's got nicey white. I want something that says Maslin. Yeah, well, our our away jersey, our only white jersey, yeah, has Maslin big across the front. Yes, big black numbers that you can everybody can see. That's fair. I just, I just, I think with it has enough orange in it that it I mean, complements the orange the pants. And the numbers. Yeah, it, it everything has enough orange in it that it complements the orange pants. And it just makes everything pop. My, my thing, okay, my thing about that classic. combination that you're saying. The one that we wore against Barberton last year and Louisville and Louisville yeah. is the that the orange pants, the stripes on the orange pants, do not match the stripe on the jersey. Like if we had an orange pants that matched those stripes, then it would be a better look. That is fair. That's I don't like mixing the two uniform styles that we have. I will touch on that at the end of my little top five. Anyway, moving along. Next up. Black on black on black with the Paul Brown unis, the you know our throwback white letter with the stripes. Yeah, with the stripes. It's you know the all black. I think that's a classic Masson look. I don't know when they first debuted that, but either way, it's like any uniform we've ever had, we've had an all black look, and it has looked incredible. Moving along to number four, I would have to say what we just wore this past Friday night. You got the black helmet, new black jerseys with the orange lettering and the orange pants. Uh, the way that you know the you have the orange numbers on it, it makes the orange pants pop. Everything looks good. I remember we fir- we wore uh, black, black, orange my senior year. I, I guess Nordonia. Yes, yes, I think sir. That's the, that's the only time I can recall wearing that combination. I like it better with these uniforms because I did not like those old black uniforms with just the outline of the number. Because as a fan, yeah, you can't see it. So as a player, those old black unis looked incredible. Um, as as a fan, they suck. They did suck so bad. How do you guys remember this? Well, I remember that because that was my senior right, year so what, and the last I, I game get I it played. When, I get it when you played, but like, how do you remember what we wore against Barberton last year? I, how do you not remember? Yeah. Because I, I, I remember happened. the game. Like, I just, that's yeah, what I, I was there. I watched it for three hours. I watched hours. the game as well, but I don't remember what uniform combination they wore. I remember screaming that they were holding our receivers the whole game. Well, I screamed at that also, but I also know what they were wearing when yeah. they did. They maybe were all, they were all purple. Maybe I just don't care about this. I, I think it's just something you don't care about because, like, it's something that, you know, it's not going to, like, distract me from the game, but it's definitely something I notice, I like, you know, I'll have an opinion on it. I, I do right now. And I think... I mean, yeah, you notice when they look good. You notice mm-hmm. when they're like, oh, I don't really like this combo as much as that one. And at the least... only The only uniform combos I can remember mm-hmm. were when I played. It's because we only had two. I was going to say, we had a we had, we a, had a black a, and a white jersey and a black and a white pants. And they never mixed. You had a home set <laughs> and an away set. That I think was we, it. I think we no, mixed. No, they mixed. No, uh, we not mixed. when I played, we didn't. Yeah. Oh, okay. Against, well, I don't know. Were you playing... McKinley, at First McKinley, year with, they wore white... White, black. Yeah. And they also wore white, white, white. What year? So McKinley, your senior year, my junior year, yeah. we wore 
white hats, white jerseys, black pants. Yeah, but we only white. had. White well, hats. we only had white hats. Now I have to specify. It's just a habit of specifying it now. But you and wore then, black pants yes. that game. Yes, we did. Correct. See, I don't even remember that. And then against, and I wore them against McKinley. From my senior McKinley <laughs> yeah. game against McKinley, my sophomore year, your junior year, we went uh, black black jerseys, white pants. Mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds familiar. I think I remember seeing a picture of Devin making a catch wearing that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's. I was also there and in uniform, but I don't remember it. Yeah, it's so it. I recently, since we have so many uni combos, hit on the head too many times. Probably (laughs) made too many blocks. This is your guys' fight. At least now, like it helps me differentiate the games, how we looked, and that too. Um. So yeah, black. Black orange is my number four. My number five, I, ugh, I don't know. I want to say, I, I'm just a big fan of the black hats, orange jerseys, orange pants, the creamsicle black top look. I'm a big fan of, especially with the new orange jerseys we have now. That yeah. with the black lettering, um, I think it just all complements each other really well. That's my number one. Although I could all the way on uh, the white helmets that we wore with it against Warren in the playoffs last year, that also mm. looked really good. But I my if I had one, I'm going yeah. with the black helmets with the all orange. We have worn that look a couple times. Um, I think it looked better when there was like a little bit of white in the jersey to really complement the white helmet. But overall, it's a tremendous look. Yeah. Just real quick before I let you get into your list, the new jerseys, the black and the orange. I, I think the black looked better from the stands, but I have a love-hate relationship with the orange ones. Just because up close, they look damn good. They look really sharp, but from the stands, good lord, do they look like practice jerseys. I think there's just like not enough in them. Um, if I was to change anything, give me like a black stripe on the side shoulder sleeve make the lettering on the front a little bit smaller and have it say Maslin, not Tigers. I think it's kind of like a change up though because otherwise every uniform we have would just say Maslin, which that's not like a bad thing at all. Yeah. But I think as a change up with those two since, you know, mm-hmm. just to keep things different. I in my I have the opposite opinion on those jerseys, the new ones. I think part of it for me is that we wore those black ones so much. It seemed yeah. like because I think in the playoffs the last couple of years, we kind of like got stuck wearing the same uniform over and over again. I think it was probably because of availability for the freshmen that were brought up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just wearing all black, all black, every, you know, week in and week out kind of gets old for me. Like I love the all black look with the Paul Brown jerseys, the stripes. Yep. That's, I mean, that's my number five. So it's not nearly, nearly as high as it is for you. But I know my number one, like I just said, is the, Black helmets with the white or the orange jersey, orange pants. Then no, my number two is just all white, everything. My number Fair. three is the black, white, black that we wore against Fitch last year. Black, white, black. That that is a good look with the the striped jersey and pants. Yeah, and you know my number four would be is that white, black, white with also the striped. Mm-hmm. jersey and pants i guess for the new ones the, my only you know i like the orange pants that they have the stripes on them 
because I wearing just a solid black black nothing no stripes anywhere it kind of gets a little bit old yeah week they, in and week out they look I like think, practice pants yeah I mean yeah kind of they look like you know just really nice practice pants although you can't really even see that they're really nice from sitting <laughs> in the stands yep or on TV so I think if you know if you would have added a stripe to the orange pants or you know added a stripe on the shoulder of both of those jerseys the new ones mm-hmm. it could have done a lot for them but I think they're still great and my thing with saying Tigers instead of Maslin, I mean, so you go somewhere, like if the kids have an appearance somewhere, they're wearing the jersey and you can't wear your helmet till like a, a luncheon or something, you know? So it's that, that jersey is what's going to, that's what's going to showcase the school you're from. And Maslin is iconic. Anybody that knows, you know, football history, football, anything, they know the name Maslin. They know what Obi is. You know, they don't know what the freaking Montreal Leaping Tiger that we had in 2005. Like, oh, is that a Canadian team right there? Like, no, we're Maslin. We have our own stuff. We have our brand. And I think the more we can showcase that, the better. Because you've been seeing like, uh, what is it, Eleven Warriors on Twitter, the main um, Ohio State blog. Been yeah. when they talk about high school football in Ohio, they use pictures of one of their best Ohio commits, Jaden Ballard. And more often than not, he's wearing one of our orange jerseys, which they look good, but it would be sweet. I'm going to censor myself. It would be look really nice if it had Maslin right across there for every Ohio State fan to see. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, you know, now, now that you say it in that sense, I'm kind of starting to agree with it. But I just think, you know, as a change-up, maybe having one of the jerseys say Tigers on it, it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the, when you say it like that, because, yes, the a lot of the Buckeye sites, they you know, they if they post something, the Max Preps, if they post anything about Ohio high school football, it's always a picture of Mass on something. Even though no matter how much everybody in the state hates us, they're, we're the poster child for what high school football is in this state. So Damn right. So, did you go, did you say all five? Um, I think, well, my number, my fifth one was just the all black, like I mentioned. With oh, the yeah, new, with the, the striped jerseys. Oh, with the new ones? No, the, the Paul the Brown. The Paul Brown. With the okay, stripes gotcha. on gotcha. I think, um, yeah, just yeah. having stripes on it adds a yeah, whole lot to it. it adds a little something-something. I think a couple combos I'd like to see. Which, white, white, orange, white. Although, if we had so the mixing wh- the two uniforms... So the white, orange, white. You remember back in like March when Coach Moore was teasing the Jordan, oh, the Jordan jerseys? Ones, those would have been. If you look at that picture, it's white lettering that says Maslin, and it's white numbers. That yeah. would go really good with the white helmet or white pant. Yeah, more so than the black. Yeah, more numbers. so than the you know, black. Um, yeah. but a couple I'd like to see. We wore my senior year, and not just. I don't. I'm not like. You know, this is not old man yelling at clouds moment of we should do this because this is what I wore. But I think the black hat, white jersey, white pants is a really good look. <clears throat> it's a nice, it's a clean look, but it's a nice little change up. So not, it's not something that like everybody has like the icy white. Yeah, I think if, if we're in the situation where we're playing in, you know, playoff games, we're away multiple times mm-hmm. rather than regurgitating the all whites. Yep. It would be a good change up. Um, and then the other one we wore twice my senior year, actually, which I think would still look really good now. Black hat, white jersey, orange pant. 
it's a nice little, you get all three colors in there. It's a nice, good uniform combo. Yeah, once again, in theory, that would be great. My only problem is the orange pants stripes yeah. don't match the jerseys. I know, I know. And I did, just to cover my ass, I did slander Hoban's white, white, light gray on the podcast that would have, whenever we talked about that game. That's not a big game uniform combo. You know, I'm not wearing that in the playoffs, much less regional the regional championship. championship. But I think it's a nice common. I think it's it looks good in general. It's a nice combo you can wear to burn on a, you know, a less than stellar opponent like Warren was last year or Glen Oak was the year before that. Yeah. I, I like our gray pants, those light gray pants that mm-hmm. we can't wear the jerseys anymore because they said pride on the back, even though, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, yeah, but those pants with the black jerseys that we wore against Firestone last year, those, that was a good look. But I would also maybe look, try to look, um, see what those look like with the orange jerseys, black black helmets. Yeah, God. See, I I think unless you go white, white, light gray, they don't look good with anything unless there's light gray somewhere else in the uniform, which we're not gonna have. Because we're mass on and light gray is like not really a color we have, but that's just my opinion. Um, you got. I think else? if you were trying to just burn a, you know, a combination just to see what it looked like, yeah, kind of like what they did with it last year against Firestone. That's. Like, I mean, I'm against this team right this week. I mean, that would be a kind of a a week to just use any kind of random configuration just to test something out because nobody really cares about this game, but. I mean, we care. I mean, yes, we it's, care, but it's nobody, football. you know, yeah. nobody, it's not going to have a lot of audience outside of Maslin. That's fair. Rob, do you have anything to add? I know you have strong opinions about something uniform related at all. Nothing. I have one rule. Rule of thumb, you don't wear white on gray. <laughs> That's it? That's my one rule of thumb. And which there could be an exception if it's, if it's a good white on gray yeah but in general no white on gray that's it i saw men are wore their gray jordan pants with their white jerseys well, last week ugly. but they it was the darker gray it wasn't a light gray like ours are so that, it, it, it didn't look bad maybe helps but also like their helmet is silver but they've so always it kind had of was like silver gray yeah silver like. and like gray is kind of like one of their colors yeah. but it was i saw it and i was like oh that's not that's not terrible i mean i guess overall we really don't have a look that i hate I, the one look I hold dearly closely to my heart, which if somebody could get me that goddamn jersey, please, is the dark gray, the charcoal uh, grays. We wore against yeah. McKinley my senior year the first time. I think the eighth grade team wears those, so maybe just go ask an eighth grader for that jersey. <sighs> I'm not I'm not against that. Um, you know, with the black, the, like, the dark gray, dark gray, or with orange pants. You know, we wore that against Winton Woods the first time, which even though that game didn't end like we hoped it would, I think overall it was a nice look. They also wore those jerseys with white helmets, white pants against Firestone. That was going to be a look that I was about to say was absolutely god-awful. And I hope we never do that again. Well, I mean, we don't have charcoal jerseys anymore, so. I, I know. I'm just saying, like in general, that's not a great look. So... Rob, you have no strong opinions one way or another? No. Nope. No, nothing? All right. Kind of, I guess, 
real quick, wrapping up, you can uh, you know, tweet us, email us, Facebook us, Black Swarm Pod, uh, what your favorite uni combo is, what uh, what you don't want to see if you have, you know, if you had just hate this entire conversation overall, like Rob and the curmudgeon over in the corner here is. Um, beyond that, we're just looking forward to this Friday playing the Bishop Sycamore Centurions. Centurions. Uh, Which their picture looks more like a medieval knight. Um, looks more like the gladiator, um, you know, with Russell Crowe. Oh, kind yeah. Of, with a crest. Yeah. I mean, more so, it looks more so like uh, 300. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's a Spartan. It's more 300. You know. But, and actual Spartans didn't have crest on their helmets, so it's kind of, you know. All right, yeah. We know you're a closet history nerd, but I guess everybody else just found out about that, too. Um, but, hey, putting a bow on everything. We just, we get past last week. Look forward to this week. You know, had a little bit of fashion talk, and, uh, Go Tigers. Beat Bishop Sycamore. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Well, I've won and lost against the best. This old road's been a hell of a test. I'm still driving. I ain't slowing down. There's rules I love to break and bend Mistakes I've made again and again But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around I hit it hard, man So far, man No laying up, no holding back Ain't afraid of nothing, it's a natural fact I hit it long, man Till it's gone, man Keep taking chances, live at large I hit Giving up by now All the rough I've seen These ups and downs Somehow I just keep on playing through So all you critics Pull up a chair At the winner's circle soon I'll be there With a high five and a smile For you Hit it hard man So far man No laying up No holding Tell me how to live my life These lawyers and strings Spending money like my ex-wives Sure I gamble and I drink And smoke three packs a day Hell, ain't country music Supposed to be this way It's from the hard man I hit it hard, man oh, yeah. So far, man so far. No laying 
I'll keep hitting it hard, man. How about you?